This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest, and is for entertainment purposes only. To make $2,000, $3,000 a day, that's not normal. People wake up in the morning, they go to work, they have to attend meetings, which is fine. That's what they chose. But I mean, it's not normal to sit in your bed and then take a trade and make that amount of money. So yeah, that's mm. why I invested everything I have into this. I also started a, a logistics company where I bought trucks and I started running trucks. But based on how much I've seen or how much I saw, how quick it was to get money based on quarter based on the signals and stuff I decided to like invest my full time into that um, because but the amount of work I was putting into other things I was doing wasn't adding up to what I was making based on forex what I could make on forex in such a short space of time that's when I sold up my uh, trucks and logistics company and then I was using those funds master structure structure is very very important for me once I identified structure I saw a huge difference in my trading Yes, folks, we've got the Marcelino FX interview coming up in a sec. And we also shot a video afterwards where he breaks down his trading strategy. Really simple to follow. So you want to check that out afterwards. Also, great news here. We've got a new broker sponsor, Black Bull Markets, in my country as well, New Zealand. Their ad will be coming up in a second. Please go pay them a visit and see what they're all about. All right, folks, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30K on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Marcelino FX in the house all the way over there in South Africa. So welcome to the show, Marcelino. Thank you so much, man. Glad to hey, look, be here. Um, today we're going to get to hear your story, your trading story, which is, hmm. it's it's not a long story. So in terms of, well, it's not a long story, there's, there's not that much in terms of your length of trading, but I think people are going to be quite impressed with how fast you're able to go from newbie trader to consistent and how you progressed up through the uh, funding prop firms and all that sort of stuff and, and on to trading your own capital. So let's start off with how you got into it. Uh, so I basically got into it. Um, I was in campus and I was working in retail and there'd be a lot of um, young traders that would come in and I'd see them dabbing on their phone saying they're making money off Forex and stuff. And at first I didn't believe it. Um, I thought, no, this is just a scam. It wouldn't work. Uh, but they would consistently come into the store and consistently buy stuff. And that's when I first heard about Forex. Um, and that's when I was intrigued by it. Okay. And so what, what were your first steps after that? Where did you go to to, to learn more? To um, do more? So when I first heard about it, it took, a it took some time before I actually started uh, really putting my money down or like funding accounts and stuff like that. Because I always was so skeptical about it. Um, especially at the time, and especially now as well, there's so many scams and stuff going on. So um, you always just don't believe what is possible. Um, so it took like some time and then uh, I was referred to a broker. I think my first broker was XM, if I'm not mistaken, because they gave like a 30% like $30 uh, free. Uh, yeah, like $30 Bonus. for free if you sign up. Yeah, 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 if you sign up with them. So I started with that and... Uh, yeah, that's when I was just like guessing, buying, selling, uh, joining uh, free uh, signal groups. <laughs> then, yeah, I could make a lot of money from just that. Uh, and then, yeah, that's when I saw that it is possible to make money. Um, and then I 
would start paying for uh, signal groups. Um, and I'd take losses, I'd take wins, but when I would win, it'll be like so fascinating that I can make money just off my phone. Um, so yeah, that's when I started really believing that, no, this is real. And, and so just to that. give some context around that, I mean, what were the sort of wins that you, how much money were you making doing these free signal groups and the paid signal groups? And uh, <laughs> so when I first started, um, it wasn't a lot like I'd make like a hundred dollars. If I'd lose, I'd lose like $200. But the fact that I was seeing that, no, it is possible to make money. I'd, most of the time I'd lose more because um, even if I was given a stop loss, I would uh, not use the stop loss in right. hopes that price will come back. <laughs> so yeah. um, <laughs> even though I would lose more, but the fact that there's times where I would make money and I would withdraw the money and see the money, uh, it always kept me there. It always kept yeah. me there. Okay, so you you migrated on from signals to what next? Um, so from signals, um, I did signals for a long time because I started and then I lost money. And then as I progressed in life, because um, at that time when I first started, as I mentioned, I was in campus and I was, uh, um, I was working in retail. Uh, I then got my degree. And once I had my degree, um, uh, I was working for Discovery. Uh, selling insurance uh, and then that's when I had money to invest in like buying proper signals and things like that um, with no knowledge at all right so I uh, put money down buy signals monthly subscriptions etc because I always thought it was very hard to learn um, and also just like, be extremely smart so I never ever had, uh, believed that I would be able to understand the charts and the candlesticks so I'd always just buy signals buy signals because I could afford it at that time um, and that's when I started to see, like, my, of course, my returns getting much bigger as well in terms of, like, the profits. I was still losing money because I'm not using stop losses and stuff like that. Um, but then that's when I saw, okay, this can be really, really profitable for me. Um, and yeah, after blowing accounts, coming back in, out, in, out of the market, with no knowledge at all, that is, um, that's when I decided to, uh, like, really learn this. Um, and then, yeah. That's when I started investing in courses and stuff like that. Right. So what what was that learning curve like? It was very, very difficult because um, I went through a lot of courses. Um, and not everything works for every trader. Um, so in some courses, you just learn supports and resistance and trend lines, which I'm not saying does not work. It's just that uh, it never worked for me. Uh, I needed more than that. Um, so I did so many courses that I basically gathered up information from all the different courses, uh, and I found something that works for me. And I mean, me. are you able to give some uh, context around how much you spent on courses and even maybe yeah. list a few of the ones that you found most useful? Okay, the course that I found most useful was definitely AstroFX. Um, done their course, and I've done QBanks' course, Wall Street Academy. So those courses, um, I found that you know they, that really showed me how to understand the market, read price action. Uh, but with that, um, the courses were online, so it's pre-recorded courses. Now the problem with pre-recorded courses is that you can understand the concept of what is being told, but the application is another story. Understand? So a lot of the times, everyone understands support resistance. Everyone understands how to use a fib, but the way we apply it um, is where the problem comes in. And if no one is there correcting you, um, you won't know where you're going wrong or what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. So that for me is what took a lot of time, like a couple of months for me to actually sit down, go over and over and over and over and over again until uh, I 
knew how to apply everything correctly. Is that like, for example, you know, somebody says, or a mentor says, right, you want to draw a support level here or a zone here, and you don't quite know why they've drawn it in that spot. And you're like, I sort of can see why they're drawing it. Or they might draw it one way in one in one area, and then they change the way they do it in the next. And you're like, well, that doesn't exactly. work. Is that the sort of thing? 100%. Exactly. Yeah. That. <laughs> That's such a common yeah. issue. I, I swear this used to be me back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a very big problem. Course. And how did you I overcome understand. that? But that that particular sort of minute problem, which I think a lot of people probably face. How did you overcome it? You know, it took, and that's what took time. Um, because as I said, on the courses, I could see what they're doing and I understood what they're doing, right? Um, but of course, when people are explaining, ninety percent of the time, they're explaining on something that has already been done in the market, right? Because um, that's how you basically show what you what you see, mm. what, what what you've seen. So that's what took a lot of time for me is basically to take those concepts and apply each of them correctly. Um, and I just sat on the charts for hours and hours and hours and just went over before go back to the uh, pre-recorded courses, see what they're doing. And then eventually everything clicked. Um, and, and can yeah, you take us to that moment where everything clicked? I mean, what was that particular moment? <laughs> and was it based <laughs> on one or two or three particular courses or, or something else? Um, no, I think the two main courses is definitely Wall Street Academy and uh, Astro FX. Uh, of course, I had prior knowledge about like just basic stuff like support and resistance and stuff from other courses. Like I understood what they were. Um, but I think those two courses really brought everything um, together for me where everything made sense because I was adding a whole bunch of different confluences where before I was only trading off just a trend line. Right? So the market could be holistically in a bearish uh, market, right? And I'd uh, look for buys based on a small trend line I see on a one minute time frame or stuff like that. I just didn't know how to apply everything correctly. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and then, so you you obviously, you know, had this aha moment where things were working well. I mean, what was that particular moment? What, what was the thing that you did? Was it, was there a moment or was it just a, a series of things? No, it, it was a moment. Um, it was around like 2020, year 2020, around March or so, I think it was. I clearly remember that. Um, and that's just when the, pandem the pandemic started. So I had a lot of time to stay on the charts because we were in lockdown. Um, and yeah, I remember when everything just came together, I was like, I was in disbelief because I know I've been trying for such a long time prior. Um, and then I just started seeing like my stuff play out exactly how I predicted. Um, and that's when I started getting excited about it. And then that's when from there everything just so it was it was during a live trade or or like where you'd sort of said, okay, this yeah, is no, live trades, live trades, so, and you were like, oh man, this stuff's playing out. But that you'd done the yeah. back testing already to to work out that you sort of knew exactly. that this is what was gonna happen. Okay, right. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So so you got excited and things sort of took off from there. So what were I mean, if you're going to have to sort of tell somebody or teach somebody what you ended up doing to get to that point, how would you go about like saying, okay, look, here's what, I, here's what I did. If you can try and replicate it, this is, these are the steps. What would that be? Um, my create, best create, advice a global, create a global pandemic is step number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you've got plenty of so time my, with Charles um, at home. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Um, I'd say that, uh, Try and get um, mentored or taught 
uh, in a live session um, because a trial and error can be uh, very hard. A lot of traders give up uh, during that time. Um, so I think the best thing to do is maybe try and get a mentor that where like you can show your charts uh, and he can correct you if it's wrong, right? Because a support and a resistance is a very simple concept, but if you plot it correctly, a support can quickly become a resistance, right? Now your whole bias of the market changes because now you're under resistance, of course, price is predicted to fall down. Um, so try and get someone that is going to invest time in you um, and also put time or put hours on the chart, uh, even after you are taught. Uh, back testing is the best way to do it. So go back and follow all your steps um, that you're taught or that you're going over uh, and just see how many times it did work. Uh, and if it didn't, what to look out for. I think that's the best way to do it. But and how did you go about your back testing? Time. Um, well, at that time, I didn't even have the paid trading view. Um, so I just scroll back, I just scroll back, I just scroll back, and then I just look, okay, there's higher highs, higher lows, there's a support level. Oh, it's lining up nicely with my Fibonacci retracement. Cool, I would have taken this trade. So I kept doing that over and over again. So I saw that this does work, right, um, based on what I'm seeing in the past and how price played out. And then I started uh, plotting it based on uh, the current price action. Um, yeah. And then... I saw that, oh, yes, it is working. And then, yeah, that's basically how it went. Right. Um, and and uh, were you doing much multi-time frame analysis? Oh. Not at all. So most of the time I was doing um, daily and four-hour analysis, um, which I still keep to now. Um, I do scalp a lot, as you did mention, on US data and stuff. Um, but uh, with currency pairs and stuff, I prefer to stick to my higher time frames. It's less noisy. Of course, I do go down to my lower time frames to get better entries. Um, <clears throat> but if the market is bullish on a higher time frame, I prefer to wait for a buy. Um, so I'll wait for the retracement price to come down, give me bullish structure on a lower time frame after that retracement is done, and then I'd look to jump into the market. Right. And when, when you would so I mean, this is what intrigues me a lot around the back testing and that the multi-time frame and not being able to sort of really do it accurately unless you've got you know a really good bit of software and there are some out there that do it but even then it's still not the same um what what like going from the daily to the four hour makes sense it's probably quite easy to do but what happens when you what sort of gave you the confidence to go to the you know lower time frames to get a better entry and still have a stop that doesn't get hit, um, that sort of thing so, with regards to the lower time frame that i started when i was very confident in the market it didn't happen immediately so when I was first started, when we were speaking about the time when it all clicked, I was basically sticking to my four-hour time frame and sticking to my daily time frame. I was just waiting for candlestick confirmation at my areas of entries. Um, and once I got candlestick confirmation, that's when I enter. So at that time, I was not going down to lower time frames. Only like once I progressed over the years um, that I became more confident in like going down to different time frames and stuff like that. Okay. And so like, you know, once you've got it, obviously, you know, money had to come into the equation to, to, or funding had to come into the equation to get enough to, to trade on. Um, how did you, how did you tackle that? What was the, the steps you used to get capital? Um, so, so I haven't mentioned, but while I was working for Discovery, I also, I also started a logistics company where uh, I bought trucks and I started running trucks. Um, but based on how much I've seen or how much I saw, 
how quick it was to get money based on Quarex, based on the signals and stuff, um, I decided to like invest my full time into that um, because, but the amount of work I was putting into other things I was doing um, wasn't adding up to what I was making based on Forex, what I could make on Forex in such a short space of time. So I, that's when I sold up my uh, trucks and logistics company and then I was using those funds. But of course, most of the funds I blew <laughs> um, based on the trial and error. And then um, I had a bit left and I slowly started building up from there. Right. Okay. So it was a, and it slowly started building up. And then how did you get to the point where you, where you are now? I mean, what were the sort of progressions and, and milestones you hit? Uh, so I used, I used um, funded accounts, uh, prop firms. Um, they were a huge help. So FTMO, very uh, huge help to me because um, you're spending like in South African grants about like five grand to 10 grand um, and you're getting such a huge account, right? So what was happening was, is that I was funding that five grand and uh, if I blow it, I lose the five grand, right? So I decided why not fund the five grand and there's a possibility that I can trade with so much more. Uh, and of course, when I first started and I first took a few FCMO challenges, I failed dismally because, um, you know, the, the, uh, like you have to plan your risk and everything accordingly. So I went to the route, any trial, just bought an account and failed. And then I'm like, no, there is potential in this, but I just need to uh, go about it the right way. As much as I understand the market, there's more to it in terms of risk management and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I think that also really helped me with the prop firms because uh, it helped me manage the risk much better. Um, uh, so yeah, that's what really helped because I was withdrawing from there. And of course, it was helping me fund my uh, personal accounts. And and what were the, uh, how many times did you fail on the on these accounts? Yo, uh, the first one, I think I failed about three times before I passed my first FTMO channel. Right. And, and were you improving every time that you, you like every, you were getting closer or? Um, so the first time I felt, I felt it was terrible, right? Um, because uh, I don't even understand the rules correctly. Uh, I just know, okay, well, I can trade. I can read the markets. Let me just buy this challenge. I'll pass. So even though my trades would be correct, um, like, you know, would, a prop firm to a drawdown if it goes below the daily loss you lose the accounts so i don't know that so the first one i think i failed like that oh. um the second oh, seriously. one <laughs> to what too yeah, many positions so open was it or no 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 i risk too much uh i'm, I'm very aggressive yeah so the drawdown yeah. went to the end i do not win this profit and i thought i oh, know i've got this then i log on to ftmo and i see you know that i've called them no this is incorrect and then they're like no you didn't read the rules and stuff like that so um, that's when I learned the lesson of that day. Then thereafter, yeah. what had happened was um, I would risk too much per trade, trying to pass it very fast. So like I'd risk if my the daily um, loss was 5%, I'd risk 4% on a trade, trying to pass this today. Um, right, right. And then, you know, just trying to rush the process. Yeah. So all those failures eventually like it clicked, okay, risk so much, this is what we're doing. And then yeah, now it's not that difficult. And so, what was your what was your eventual risk? What did you risk in the end, and how long did it take you to pass? So now, when I, so now, so now, when we risk, um, I tell my students and myself to risk one percent or half a percent. Um, that way, even if you take three losses, you're only three percent down. Psychologically, it doesn't kill you. Do you know what I mean? Opposed to now risking like two percent, then now you're six percent down. You only have four percent to play with. Um, and the market will do what the market wants to do. As much as our technical analysis is there, everything is lining up. Um, 
it's not guaranteed. So a few losses in a row can definitely affect how you uh, your neck your upcoming trades. You know what I mean? So for example, yeah. if you six percent down, you want the six percent so much, and the market's giving you four percent, you don't even want to take out that four percent because you're trying so hard to get that six percent back. Um, so now I'm trying to just well, we risk uh, half or one percent. So even with three losses, it's only three percent. I would have risk and reward of one is to three. Our next year that we get correct, um, we'll definitely eat up those losses and we're back in black people. Tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts? Introducing my Robot Builders Club. With our platform, you can build bots in minutes, not weeks, without any coding required. Get lifetime access to my video course, VIP community, and over 40 ready-made robots. Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my Robot Lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter, not harder. Click the link in the description to learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot. Yeah. So, you, so that your typical risk rewards one to three. Uh, yeah. Typical minimum would be one is to three. With US thirty, when I'm scalping and stuff, um, it's likely more. Um, but yeah, with currency pairs and stuff, and even with US thirty, uh, it's minimum one is to three. Minimum one is to three. And it doesn't make sense to trade. And do you trade all the currency pairs and in, in any other markets other than those in US? Um, I prefer trading. Uh, I prefer trading USD pairs. I like GBP pairs. Um, but I don't like to say that I only focus on that there because a lot of the times my pairs that I genuinely like are not giving me trading opportunities. Um, so of course they are my go-to. Uh, if I don't find an opportunity there, I won't force a trade, and then I'll try and break rules just to try and get into the market. No, I'd rather go look at another pair that's giving me beautiful structure and all my confluences are lining up and say that. And so if you had to sort of look at the a week of trading, I suppose you you know, factoring in the swing stuff and the scalping, what would you say your win rate sits around? Um, win rate is very hard to determine based on um what would you regard a win rate? For example, if um if I'm giving if I'm if I'm taking a trade of one is to four, risk and reward, right? And the trade goes one is to three and reverses, will that be regarded as a loss or win or break even? Um so I don't like to say uh, my win rate is really high, but majority of the time I do get a one is to one, um, which I can put my stop loss at break and stop loss at break even, and let the trade run. Um, but I'm not focused too much on how many times I win. I'm not focused on that. I just let the numbers play out in my favor. Right, right, okay. And what does your typical trading day look like? Um, so I wake up about ha- uh, half past eight. Um, wake up at half past eight have a look at the market just speak to my students if they have any queries we set up meetings for the day um and 10 o'clock is when we have london open um so i try to see if there's any opportunity on us 30 there if there is i send a signal out um if there's not i just wait it out so new york session or in between uh i then go to gym thereafter around about 12 it's either 11 or 12, go to gym. Then I come back and just continue uh, with lessons and looking out for any opportunities in the market. Right. Okay. And what, what about like, do you let trades run overnight and how do you manage them if they do? Uh, I do. I do let trades run overnight if it's currency pairs. With US 30, I prefer just to scalp. Mm, so just getting like a thousand pumps was like about 100 points or so. Uh, and I'm out because um, risk and reward. We're only risking about two twenty points, which is two hundred pups. 
So it's like a one is to five. So I don't leave those overnight because it can be. Okay, so so you'll you'll close it off before the night comes yeah, and, and you're yeah, done. Definitely. Yeah, you're in there. That's pretty. That's pretty good. And so with the scalping, like, I mean, how did you how did you get to the point where you felt confident scalping US thirty and of all the markets? Why was it that one? So, um, South African traders, uh, we are very aggressive traders, right? So you'll find a lot of our traders like it's all about flipping accounts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we're able with our brokers, we are able, because our leverage is so high, we're able to take um, a small amount and times it by uh, a good couple of months. So there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. So um, I just sat on the charts, tried my best to come up with a strategy um, that enables me to scalp US 30 and get very tight stop losses uh, with a good reward as well. And so what what was the I mean out of if you had to suppose take the the stuff you're doing on the higher time frames and look at comparing it to your scalping strategy on US 30, mm. how how similar are they in nature? So everything is regarded on my higher time frames. Um so I'll still look at price action on my higher time frames. Start start off there. I'll start off there. Um it's just that US 30 is so fast. So even if price is bullish and price is retracing, you can take advantage of the retracement. Um, but overall, like if I'm leaving a trade to run much longer than I would usually, uh, I try to keep it in direction of what the higher time frame is doing. Okay. All right. All right. So, so it sounds like you are using the, the skills you've got, but you're just getting in at a lower time frame. Um, yeah, to, 100%. To, yeah, yeah. To, with a tighter stop. Okay. There, yeah, that's cool. And would that scalping approach work on the currency pairs that you trade? Uh, it would. But I prefer, see, currencies for me is my bread and butter. Um, so that's what, that's my main, the most important thing that I trade is my currency pairs. Of course, I mostly post US 30 because people love that. Um, but uh, with my currency pairs, I try to be as disciplined as possible. So uh, I don't want to try and jump in for the scalp or go to US 30. Yeah. Yeah, so that's your that's your baby for the scalping. Yeah. Um, what about if you think back to like the beginning and, and how you progressed? The uh, I mean, what what made you different from other traders out there who you know it takes much longer for them to get to the point where they're more where they're consistent? What do you think made you different? Um, that's a good question because a lot of, a lot of friends started with me as well in this journey. Um, and I think the only difference uh, between myself and them is that I never gave up. Uh, I never ever gave up because I knew what was um, capable if I get it right. Um, so I wouldn't let um, the losses get me down. Uh, another important thing is a lot of times that people don't have money to fund an account. And that's just, it's a normal thing, I understand? But a lot of the times people are only looking at the charts when they have money to fund an account. When they have mm. money in the account to trade. Right. So that's a very big problem. Um, with me, we, there's times I didn't have money to fund an account for months. Right? I had bills to pay, I had stuff to do. Um, but I still sat on the chart consistently as if I'm willing, like I'm going to take a trade now. So people usually only look at the charts when they have money to fund. So you'll find around payday, everyone's on the charts. When they blow the account, no one's talking about Forex. Payday again, they're on the charts. Right. So in between, they should, you know, stick on the charts, do work. Um, so when it does come to payday, you know exactly what to do. Yeah. those funds come in you know what i mean so yeah that's 
a very big factor. Yeah. How things have changed. It used to be payday and payday, and everyone's out in the town. Now it's payday, <laughs> and you're on the charts. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, right. So uh, I suppose if you if you and you probably do this with your own students, if you had to sort of give a step by step approach for somebody looking to get to the point where you are, what would that be? I think find someone that is trustworthy. Um, find someone that's trustworthy who's going to invest time in you. Um, with social media, there's a lot of things that are not real out there. When I say not real, it's just based on marketing, which is a sad reality. Uh, not everyone has a skill set that they say they have, but based on the lifestyle they portray, um, you'd invest your money with them. Um, but try and find a person that you believe, you trust, and you're not just taking it at face value just because this person is driving this car because he posted this amount of money, let me just join them. You know what I mean? Try and focus on the skill alone, the mm. skill alone. Um, and you should see results. You should see results. Cool. And and what about like a price chart? You've mentioned a few indicators and, uh, well, I don't know if you call them indicators like the Fibonacci levels, but you've mentioned those support resistance. What three things would you recommend somebody go away and spend their time mastering? I think the most important step, and when we go over the charts, uh, I'll show you as well. The most important step is um, structure. I think structure is very important. Um, identifying what is noise and what is proper structure. Uh, I think if you can identify structure um, and you trade with the market direction, uh, your your probability of getting trades right is much higher. Mm. Um, for myself, uh, I'm not saying it's the only way to trade, but for myself, I stay away from indicators. Indicators do not work for me. I'm not saying they don't work. Um, they just don't work for me. So I'd stay away from indicators and just look at pure price action. Um, yeah, that would be the second thing. And the third thing is your risk and reward. Um, don't get too uh, attached emotionally to a trade. If a trade goes incorrectly, the trade went incorrectly. Doesn't mean you can't trade, doesn't mean you, it's not working. The market did what the market needs to do. It went against you. You go back, you see if all your confidence lined up. Would you see, and if, if you see that again, when you take the trade, if yes, then it's fine. Don't get too attached to a trade. Oh, it never worked now. It never worked. Let me change my strategy. So the jumping from strategy to strategy, um, no, it doesn't work. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Now, what about um, a trader's mindset? And like, it seems like your mindset was sort of, you know, seemed to be in the right space at the start. You, you, you've made mistakes, you learned, you adapted. I mean, what, what steps do you give your students, for example, to get over mindset oh, hurdles? It sounds like that. Yeah, it, it sounds like, like it. <laughs> Wasn't but the case, it wasn't no? like uh, uh, it wasn't like there's a lot of stuff like day in day out you do the wrong thing you know what you're doing wrong but you're just hoping that the next time will be better um so it's only when you really like you know what i'm not going to be attached because a lot of times i would see a trade and i'd i'd hate being wrong and so i just hold 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 if the trade is going against me structures broken holding 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 so as much as it sounds like it was just an overnight thing no it was not there's a lot of things that you have to go through alone as a mm. trader. Um, but the main thing for me is I never give up. Yeah. There's it's, it's, it's such a it is such that that whole the whole thing is just so it is such a mindset game, right? Because yeah. You, and then it's almost like you need to have enough um go through enough of the pain to then decide to change your ways and go, okay, 100%. right. Well I've done that enough times. I can now 
I now know I'm not going to do that. And, mm. you know, I'm just going to whatever, take profit, et cetera. Mm. Um, have you got any hacks that like, you know, either you used or you teach around mindset? Little tricks? Around mindset? Mm. Um, I try to listen to like podcasts, motivational videos. Mm. Um, I try to encourage my team on a daily basis, um, you know, like not to... Uh, like overtrade. Um, overtrading is a very huge problem um, on both sides. Sometimes you make a lot of money and you just want to continue and that could lead to losses. And that sometimes you can be in a loss and you're overtrade trying to catch up and you can lead you deeper into losses. Um, so it's just a continuous uh, learning game. Uh, we continue trying to improve, get our emotions right and stuff like that. It's not easy even up to now. It's not easy this time as I find myself overtrading at times, um, but I have to just step back and say, okay, I can see myself falling into this trap. Mm. Let me go do something else. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, especially with I the scalping. <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. it'll ever end. Um, it's just that we have to just be uh, aware of what's happening. Mm. Sorry, but we just have to be aware of what's happening and, yeah, just take it from there. Cool. And, uh, what about if there was one thing you had to recommend for somebody to go away and master over the next month, what would it be? Um, price action in particular structure, master structure. Structure is very, very important. For me, once I identified structure, um, I saw a huge difference in my training, a huge, huge difference. And what was that in particular around structure? So basically, the how like price is moving higher highs, higher lows, lower lows, lower highs. Um, I think that's extremely, extremely important because before, like now, when I trade, I trade with my market structure. That's of price is making lower lows and lower highs. I'm looking out for sales. But when I um, when I was learning and still trying to figure everything out. Um, I would ignore structure and then look at, okay, cool. I see it's on a support. It's on a psychological level. Let me buy. And I wouldn't understand why I was priced from breaking this because I saw it respected for a while. Why is it now as soon as I enter, it's going right through the support. Yeah. And it's based on overall, the market structure was bearish. Um, so momentum was pushing down. So you always want to swim with the, um, with the momentum. You don't want to go against it. Swim with yeah. the tide. So I think that was a very, very important thing for me. It's funny how how uh, that is just. It's almost like the the strongest indicator is the trend, right? Mm, the structure is the strongest indicator of what's going on um, over over and above everything else. And if you're going against it, then you're almost like you know. Sometimes you're always at a hiding to none. Now, um, one question before we jump into the quick fire round, I want to ask was: so you, you seem to have quite an entrepreneurial. Bent, you know, you left your you left university, you went to a job straight away, you decided to start up a logistics company, which seems like, you know, mm -hmm. for most average people, probably quite a ridiculous feat because it seems like mm -hmm. there's a lot of investment in in trucks and so on and so forth. And then you mm -hmm. still transition to Forex from that. I mean, how did that sort of entrepreneurial bent, where did it come from, first of all, if you know that? And how did it help you? So yeah, with that, um, as I said, my story is not the same. Like a lot of people got ranks to riches stories. No, it wasn't that, right? Without Forex, I was, I wouldn't say successful, but I was doing okay without that, right? Um, so it wasn't my last resort to come trade Forex. No, it wasn't that. 
I saw the potential, I saw the opportunity, and I left everything else for this. It wasn't um, that I had no other choice. No, mm. I chose this. I chose this lifestyle. I sold up everything. I left my qualifications and stuff, which I do have, but I mean, I didn't do anything because I saw how fruitful this can be. Um, and I think I've just always been hungry. I just always wanted the best um, in life. And it's always been, I've always been that way. Um, and I believe that uh, there's no other industry that can uh, give, give you what Forex can give us. Um, mm. I strongly do believe it. Um, to make $2,000, $3,000 a day, that's not normal. People wake up in the morning, they go to work, they have to attend meetings, which is fine. That's what they chose. But I mean, it's not normal to sit in your bed and then take a trade and make that amount of money. Um, so yeah, that's mm. why I invested everything I have into this. All right. So, this. so you, you saw the potential early on. And it, I've got to say, it is a big gamble in terms of like, you know, you'd set up this other company, you decided to, to jack it in and not even bother with the degree, really. So, I mean, did you have anyone like uh, sort of against you or like family course, members going, you know, what are you doing? Course, of course, like, of course, of course, everyone is, I wouldn't say they are against, it's just that um, they're in disbelief. Uh, right. Like, no, you can still do this, but do it part time. Uh, why don't you do this uh, on the side? Uh, and for me, it wasn't like that because if I do something, I must do it wholeheartedly or I mustn't do it at all. Uh, so it's either I make it in this or I die trying. And that's and, the mentality. And given, given that, I mean, for, from my point of view, I, I would have thought you would have had some quite emotional days along the journey when it wasn't working for you. Was that the case? Definitely. Most definitely. But as I said, I saw what it can do for me. Right. So I didn't of course it'll be down for a day or two, but uh I just got back up and started climbing. You only and, you'll only fail if you give up. You can't fail if you don't give up. And, and were there any points where you were close to giving up or like where you're just throwing times. throwing keyboards through the screen or anything like that? many times I was close to giving up and then I was like because remember people around me um were like why don't you do it part-time why don't you do it like this and then and I just had a bad day in the market you know what I mean and there's times where I'm like yeah let me just create a CV and but I just never ended up giving up I just brought right. so much in awesome so, awesome yeah, that's fantastic all right we'll, we'll jump into the quick fire round and then wrap things up here so uh start off with how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable It's hard to say because of all the prior things I went to, but for me, I started buying courses and to being profitable, I'd say about seven, eight months. What's your favorite entry setup? Uh, when I get five of my confluences that all line up. What strategies do you use to exit or manage your trades? Uh, I use one is to one, break even. Um, previous high or low depending from a buyer sell to take out partial profits and I leave the rest on another psychological level. Uh, do you have a recommended trading book or resource? I have the only book I've read is the Candlestick Bible. Okay. <laughs> My last guest said the same one, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, what about your preferred broker and trading platform? Uh, 
through the FTMO, even though it's a prop firm. I think they're very reputable, very reliable. Folks, I'm excited to tell you about my new sponsor, Black Bull Markets. They are based here in New Zealand and they're a New Zealand regulated broker who offers up to 500 to 1 leverage and over 26,000 tradable instruments. You can trade Forex, shares, commodities, indices, crypto, and they're an award-winning brokerage firm here in Asia Pacific with dedicated 24-7 client support and no minimum deposit. To trade with Black Bull Markets today, click the link in the description below or in the card above. And MetaTrader 4 or 5? 4. Uh, what's, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Worst ever trade was GJ, price broke structure. I refused to be wrong. I just started depositing more money while the trade. I was running and I lost about, I think it was $15,000 or so. Jeez. Uh, now, last question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Get a mentor. Get a mentor. Okay, there you go, folks. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, they can DM me on Instagram at Marcelino, M-A-R-C-E-L-L. I-N-O underscore FX. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Marcelino for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links are in the show notes. To find him, simply search for Marcelino in the search box on tradingnut.com. And the spelling is what he just said before. Uh, <laughs> until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, interview done and dusted with Marcelino FX. Now, remember, we did shoot a video after the show. You've got to go and check it out. Really simple way you trade. You're going to see three trade examples in there. And also, whilst you're clicking around, Make sure you check out the new sponsor, Black Bull Markets, as well. Uh, go and pay them a visit. All right, folks, enough from me. We'll see you in the next episode.